Oh, hello there. How are you doing today? Long time no talk, kind of. Unless you've been following me on the streams. Yeah, a lot's been happening over the last two years. A lot's been happening over the last year. A lot's been happening over the last couple months. And it's been very distracting, and I don't want to talk just about me. I think a lot of us are going through changes right now, and need to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing going forward. So that's what I want to talk about today, on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello, everyone. How have you been doing? My name is Charlie. I'm a non-binary sci-fi fantasy writer, and welcome back to Project Shadow. It's been a while. It really has, and I am sorry about that. I really am. You see, over the last couple of years, I've really been evaluating a lot of things. I mean, if you've been a regular listener to the podcast, then you know that I've been thinking about a lot of various things. And I've been trying out a lot of things. I've been doing a lot of streaming, which I really enjoy. The streams are now over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cedorset. Come over and check them out. We've been playing Valheim lately, and it's been a lot of fun. Mainly just chatting, but it's been a lot of fun. If you want to know what that's like, you can head over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash cedorset, and you can see some of the shorts that we've clipped out of the streams. They're a lot of fun. But I've also been reevaluating how I write, how I work, how my stories are going to be constructed, all of those things. Who am I as a person? What is my content strategy? You know, all of those wonderful things that you tend to think about when you are doing things publicly, when you're doing things out in the world, when you're wanting to share ideas and stories and narrative and various creative outputs with others. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about a lot of things. And one of the things that I keep coming back to is how much I love doing this podcast and how much I want to keep doing this podcast. So here we are. Welcome back. How are you doing? Hopefully everything's fine. See, there's also other problems that have been going on in the background, and I don't want to bore you too much. I want to get into the meat of the episode as quickly as I can. But I've also, you know, had a few health issues that have uh, prevented me from doing some of the things that I want to do. I mean, I'm currently recording this in my living room as opposed to my office because I'm still having problems with my hips. They don't like me sitting in my office chair for some reason which I can't quite figure out, but it'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. It's been a lot of trials. It's been a lot of things. I've also gone back to school. I'm taking classes because I want to improve my understanding and ability to share on certain topics. So I've been doing that as well. It's, it's been very busy. And I know I'm not alone in this. Like, I'm not telling you this to be like, oh, wow, Charlie, you've been busy. I understand why you haven't been doing all the other things. 
Because no, that's, that's not, that's not what I'm wanting. I'm just sharing so that you know where I've been. Because honestly, I think we've all been in this place where we're looking at our income. We're looking at the means by which we make that income. We're looking at our creative output and all the other things that we're doing and asking ourselves really hard questions like, is it worth the effort that I'm putting in? Should I be sharing that much of my income with other companies? Is that the thing that I should be doing? If life is so capricious, maybe, just just maybe, I should be focusing more on things that I enjoy and less on some of the other things. I mean, we can make cutbacks, we can make decisions, right? We've all been seeking different priorities lately. And that's the question. How, how exactly do we define those priorities? No matter how you want to lay it down, priorities are scary things. They're terrifying. They're these amorphous ideas that we put out there that either cause us to make myriads of lists... Lists upon lists upon lists upon lists of here are the things that I would like to do, that I would want to do, that I need to do, that I have to do. And then trying to figure out exactly what order they should go in. And they're painful because there are things that we have to do that, you know, just don't fit within our plans. I mean, not to be crass or anything, but if I could just not sleep, oh, I would be so much happier. I have so much that I want to get done in this whole pain of getting tired and having to actually rest and recuperate and include leisure time so that I'm not completely burnt out and crispy all the time. Ugh. Who needs that, really? I mean, it's just a little bit much. It's a little needy on behalf of my body, and I know that I have to do it, so I do it, but at the same time, I kind of wish I didn't have to, but it has to make it on the list no matter what. The same thing with stopping to eat, to hydrate, you know, all those basic bodily concerns. And, oh yes, we need to be able to afford electricity and gas so our heater works because it gets really cold here in winter. And, of course, our stove requires gas, so we have to pay that bill. Yeah, bills on bills. And we start wondering to ourselves, is that what life is? Is that why we're here? Is just to pay bills for other people so that they can make a comfy living? No. No, that's not why we're here. No, that's not what we're doing. But sometimes it really feels like it. And then there's the other problems, right? Like, I love writing. I love drafting. Drafting is like my favorite thing in the world. Oh, yeah, but I have to edit, and editing is, I mean, it's fine. I don't not enjoy it. It's There's some good aspects to it, but when I'm editing, I'm not drafting, so... Oh, yeah, I'll have to take time out of drafting so I can get the editing done, and oh, no, now it's released, and I need to market, and... Ugh, I hate marketing. Marketing is, like, the least fun thing that I do. 
But of course, you know, I gotta find a way to squeeze it in if I can find a way to squeeze it. And maybe that's lower priority. But of course, if I'm not marketing, then nobody can see the things that I'm doing, which means I don't really have an audience for the things that I'm doing, which means I can't make me an income, which means why am I doing them again? Oh, yes, because I love them. Because I do. Is the love of them enough? Well, sometimes. But priorities are difficult and tricky things. There's so many things that we have to juggle, whether it be our health, our families, our friends, our relationships. There's so many things that have to be juggled, and there is no magic bullet. Don't let anybody tell you that there's a magic bullet where you can just apply this methodology and your priorities will be magically solved. They won't. Because... Every time you think you have your priorities down, something will happen. For example, I had a whole master plan for 2020. I had everything worked out. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I spent months working on it. I had all my priorities down. I had everything written. I had everything just ready to go. And then the panini happened. And, well, there goes that. I can't go to these conventions to promote these books because, of course, you know, the conventions aren't happening now because we're all in lockdown and I can't I can't I can't I can't this seems to be a phrase I use a lot lately and it's a phrase I hear a lot of people using lately and yes there are limitations on our actions and what we can do but really what's holding us back more than anything is a little demon we've talked about this demon before and yes there's the demon of self-doubt and there's the demon that kind of holds us back and tells us no we shouldn't be doing certain things or maybe that's not our top priority but the real demon that's always haunting us is fear you see fear creeps in at the priorities stage well, if I do this, then I can't do that. So we start experiencing that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Yes. Yes. But what about this? What about that? Oh, and fear sinks its claws into us. And once it has us, once it has us, it does not like letting go. And that is not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings about total annihilation. I shall face my fear. I shall watch it pass through me. And in its wake, I shall know that only I have remained. The Benny Desert Prayer. I, I quote it a lot because I love Doom. I love it a lot. I love it so much that I ended up getting hate for months. I'm still getting it, actually, because I did not like Denny Villeneuve's movie. And if you missed all of that, that happened over on the YouTube channel. You can watch the video. You can read the comments. And contrary to what people are thinking, I've only deleted the transphobic ones. Because nobody needs to see that. But no, there's a lot of people over there telling me exactly how stupid I am, how dumb I am, how horrible I am. And oh, doesn't that just breed fear? Just adds to all of those senses of insecurity that we have on the inside that maybe, maybe we don't have the right to talk. That is, after all, why they tell us we're stupid, why they tell us we're dumb, why they tell us we're horrible, why we're bad people for simply having a differing opinion. And no, that's not the way any of this is meant to work. No, that is not how any of this is supposed to work. But it is how it works. 
You see, fear is something that you have to stare down. It will always be with you. There is no overcoming fear. I don't like that phrase, because saying that we overcome fear, to me, sounds like we're going to get beyond it. We're going to escape it, and it's never going to come back. And maybe for some of us, that is a miraculous thing that does happen, and all hail the great saints to whom this does occur. But fear is a slippery little devil. Fear will always find a way to change its face, to change its mask. It's like Ko the Face Stealer from Avatar The Last Airbender. Every time you think you have understood who it is, what it is, what it looks like, how it acts around you, it changes its face and comes at you differently. Snarling and hungry, desiring to control and dominate and take you down. Oh, yes. Fear and I are very much acquainted and very much not friends. Not that we don't try. I mean, Fear and I have uh, our own fair share of fun times together, but no, no, we're definitely not buddies. We're definitely not friends, no matter how much it wants to protest otherwise. So how do you deal with fear? We've already talked about putting together our priorities and how fear crops up to take us down. You see, this is where I find Nietzsche very handy, and I know it can be gauche to talk about him or any of the dead philosophers, especially the ones of European descent, but Nietzsche tells us that when we've taken in all of our knowledge, we go out into the desert, and there we meet the great dragon, and on every scale is written, Thou shalt. Ooh, Yes, we know this dragon quite well. This is, in fact, the majority of our fears. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. Do this, do that, don't do anything I don't tell you to. Yes, no, no dragon, no. And the goal is to defeat the dragon. But that's a lot easier said than done. How do you defeat the dragon? Because sometimes these rules are helpful. You know, don't walk out into traffic is a good rule to just follow. I'm just saying, don't eat glass, don't touch a hot stove. There are some rules that we just need. Don't do that thing with your book, because that's just not how books are done. Well, there might be some wisdom in that, and it might be true for some writers more than it is for others, but is it true for us? You see, this is where my whole change in attitude has come over the last decade or so, where I completely got rid of certainty. See, certainty is something that feeds that dragon of fear, that thou shalt that just stares at us and tells us what we should and shouldn't do. Certainty is what allows us to be lied to, to be deceived. Because once you're certain of something, it's really hard to convince yourself otherwise. So how do you live in a world without certainty? Oh, easy, darlings. So easy. Ask yourself one question. What is my end goal? Now, 
Be very careful when you ask this question and how you conceptualize it, because we're not talking about some weird Machiavellian world where the ends justify the means, because they don't. They never have, and they never will. So be careful when you're asking yourself all of these questions, because you don't want to end up deceiving yourself into thinking that your goals are so important that you can do anything to reach them. They're not. You shouldn't. So don't. Okay. Got that out of the way. You have to learn now how to dance. This is the real secret of life. It is. I know it sounds goofy and it sounds like, oh, Charlie, you've completely drunk all of the gay Kool-Aid and, you know, a little bit. But no, this is the secret. This is what we're looking for. What is our end goal? What is it that we want to accomplish? You see, I want to get to a place that's over there. And there are certain things that I would like to achieve, like I would like a streaming series, because I think that my fiction would look beautiful in either live action or animation. So that's kind of a goal. But more than anything, I want readers. And once I realized that my main goal was readership and that I know that people are inherently good, which may sound strange to some people, but we are at our basic nature, very decent people, the people will support the things that they love. So by keeping everything behind paywalls so that it's harder for people to discover my work isn't actually the best thing for me and my goals. So maybe my world building should be public. Maybe my stories should be public and freely accessible to anybody who wants to read them. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe that is the thing that I should be doing. Ah, oh, but wait. If they are public, and if I am putting them out there in a way that everybody can read them, how am I going to make money off of them? Yeah, you see, this is where everything starts looping back on itself and becoming a problem. I have chosen to go with coffee and Patreon and hoping that people will eventually become members of the things that I do. I already have members over on the Twitch channel that support the stream and hopefully I can continue to grow that and have people that just buy in and want to support what I am doing and help me do more of it. And that's unnerving. It's, it's scary. It's not exactly the thing that I would like to be doing. I'm going to be quite honest. It would be nicer to know that if I do X, then I get Y, but for the model that I'm currently seeking after, it's not actually the best thing for me to be doing, because I need a lot of things, mainly readers. I need people to see my work. If nobody knows that I exist, if nobody knows about the crazy worlds that I'm writing in, if nobody knows about my tugwaddles and little magic furries and murder radishes, then no one's going to read them. So once I found my goals, I was able to start prioritizing the things that I needed to do and wanted to do to get towards them. It also helped lay out exactly what I need to be doing in the interim, how I want to be setting things out. Because you can't reach a goal that you're not actually working towards. And so the goal helps dictate the priorities and the priorities help get you to the goal. Well, look at that. We've created a symbiont circle. And that is what we do. 
Now, part of that is going to be podcasts like this one, doing the streams, doing the YouTube videos, and oh gosh, that's a lot of work. It really is. But it's work that I enjoy doing, and as long as I can fit things into my schedule and my health is permitting me to actually do the things that I want to do, then it will be fine. So what is your goal? What are you wanting out of your work? How do you think you can best get there? What are the steps that it will take to get you from point A to point B? And I'm going to say this right now. Be careful making your end goal money. Because money is amorphous and there are a lot of unethical ways to get there. And ways to get there that will not bring happiness, but only suffering. So, as I mentioned earlier, the real question that we need to be asking ourselves here is whether or not we're going to dance. To dance or not to dance, that is the question. So what do I mean by that? What what do I mean by dancing? We have adopted a very linear way of thinking about both problem solving and, you know, life in general. Everything goes from A to B to C to D, da, 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 one, two, three, four. And that's not really how life works. You see, if you want to be successful, especially in business, especially in a creative business, then you need to learn to dance. Sometimes you'll be on A, then C, then Z, then X, then Y, then B. And you need to be able to coordinate that dance. You need to learn how your mind works, how your body works, how your spirit works, how your energy levels work. When do you have energy? Is it in the morning or is it in the evening? Where are you creative? Is it in the morning or is it in the evening? Is it in the afternoon? When can you do the things that you want to do? How do they fit into your schedule? How do they fit into your life? How do you orchestrate the dance? Because when you're looking at everything as a flat list of priorities, of I need to go from A to B to C to D, F to G, then it gets very confusing, doesn't it? Because which is the most important thing right now? Sometimes it's ambiguous. Sometimes it's even. One of these things is not any more important than the others. Which one do you do? Well, it's easy. What is the music of your life guiding you to? And I say that it's easy and can be once you start understanding the groove, once you start feeling the rhythm, the beat, the motion of your own life. You become forgiving on the days where you just don't have the energy to put in the effort and you start finding yourself moving to the rhythm that you need to move to. So that's the question that we have to ask ourselves right now. What is it that we need to do? Where where are the steps? Where do our feet need to go? Where do they need to go next? Because it's not always a linear path. Sometimes it is, and those times are glorious. They're wonderful. Publishing, for example, has a deceptively linear path. You conceptualize your idea. You prepare to write it. You write it. You edit it. You revise it. You publish it, you market it, and on to the next. Look at that, a linear path. How beautiful. The problem is, this linear path sometimes has loop-de-loops and weird detours that go down different side roads. Because notice the things we haven't talked about yet. We haven't talked about 
editing and all the different things that you can learn from revision and the rewrites. Oh, we haven't even brought up rewrites. We haven't talked about world building at all and all of the different pitfalls that ideation brings up. Yeah, it's not quite as linear as people make it sound. Because simplicity is a good way to trick people into thinking you're smart. You see, if all I have to tell you is, do A, then B, then C, then D, and you too could be as successful as I am. Oh, doesn't that sound so, so clever? And maybe for them it was that simple. Maybe they were one of the lucky ones. Who, like my meowing cat, who you may be able to hear in the background, was able to just follow the path from A to B to C to D and get to where they needed to go. But for the vast majority of us, and there are going to be side roads and side streets and paths that we need to take off and diversions that we need to make. And it's never quite going to be as easy and as clear as all of the experts tell us it is. Because well, what worked for one of us doesn't necessarily work for all of us. You see, it's easier to teach somebody how to dance, how to find that rhythm. So start with those simple questions. What, is, what does your natural rhythm look like? When are you most creative? When are you most analytical? When are you tired? When are you energetic? How do you find those rhythms? How do you find those beats? Start keeping a journal. Write it down. Start tracking it. See how those rhythms work in your own life and then find ways to work with them, not against them. Because, of course, everything's going to feel like a struggle and a slog if we're always working against the way our powers that be want us to. You can do this as long as you're smart about it. In the end, the goal for all of us is to find peace. I mean, let's be honest, that, that is the end goal in all of this. A peaceful home, a peace in our relationships, peace in the world. Peace is the goal that we are seeking. And yes, that may require a certain amount of financial... <sighs> I don't even know what word I want to use there, because security really feels like a false word in this day and age, doesn't it? But yeah, let's just say it, shall we? A certain amount of financial security, a certain amount of comfort and ease in the things that we have and that we want to get us to where we need to be. But I've learned in my life, and this is a really hard thing to discern, but those things that bring me that sense of peace, that sense of joy, those are the things that are actually going to guide me to the place that I need to be. The more anxious... I am about a thing, the more wrong it generally is for me. And now I need to step back for a minute because I know some of you are probably sitting back going, but Charlie, anxiety, I have anxiety about everything. So should I not do anything? Oh, no, no, no. I, it's a different kind of anxiety. See, you start learning when you pay attention to those rhythms, to that dance, to that music we've been talking about, the difference between performance anxiety and fear. Yeah, true fear is a warning. It's something that tells us not to do things. And every now and then, when you see that real fear of, oh, that would be a bad idea, that would really do harm, either to me, to my relationships, to my friendships, 
to my business endeavors, then you know, oh, that's a thing that I should not do. So we don't ignore fear, but we need to discern it. We need to learn exactly how to work with it. And when it's actually speaking as a friend, and when it's just a controlling, manipulative, codependent little monster that's hanging off of our arms telling us that it knows better than we do. Nine times out of ten, it's the latter. Every now and then, though, it is the former, and you need to listen to it, because it'll keep you from signing those bad contracts that just something smells off, and then you see all of the scandal later when you see how they ripped off the other people that they were working with, and you go, whew, dodge that bullet. Thank you, fear. Learn to dance. Learn to seek peace. Learn to seek that path that feels like it is yours. There's a wonderful story in The Power of Myth where Bill Moyers and Joseph Campbell are talking about the path that we should take. And Joseph Campbell says, if the path is easy, then it's not your path. Somebody else has already cut it out ahead of you. The path will be hard. And that's true. But the path will also be yours. I am not George Lucas. And I shouldn't try to be. Yes, I have a space opera idea that I'm working on, and yes, I think it's as good, if not better, than Star Wars, because I love it that much. But that doesn't mean that it will ever be Star Wars. See, I'm not George Lucas. His path is not my path. His story is not my story. So who knows what my story will end up being. And that is where you have to find peace. It's fine to have heroes, to have idols, to have people that you look up to and go, ooh, if only I could. But remember, the path that they took to get to where they are is their path. Yours will lead to a different place. It may look quite similar in the end when you get there, but it will still be yours. It won't look like theirs at all. So, find peace. Find that place where your heart is calm and you can be in that joyful bliss of knowing that you are doing what you need to do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was helpful to you. I always get nervous when I do these kind of self-helpy kind of things because they're either going to strike a chord or they're going to make people just kind of go, Charlie, what are you talking about? And I never know which it's going to be. So hopefully this was helpful. We're going to be talking about a lot of things this year on the podcast. There's some shows that I want to talk about. There's some movies I want to talk about, some music I want to talk about, as well as just general philosophizing. You know, the thing that I like to do. So hopefully you will come along for the ride. You can check out all of my links and all of the things that I'm doing. I hope that you will come along for the ride. If you're listening to me on the podcast, please leave a review. It really does help the podcast out wherever you're listening. Make sure to give it a star rating if they allow you to do that. Give it a thumbs up if you're listening on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for helping the the channel grow. And don't forget, you can support me on Coffee and Patreon. I'm C.E. Dorset on both. Thank you ever so much, and I will see you next time. Remember, until we meet again, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, and trans identities are magical. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye.